Hello and welcome back to the paddock. Today, we're going to add a little bit of spice to your life. Hannah, Megan, and Ido will be telling you all about the career and life of Mr. Christian Ginger Spice Horner. So buckle up along with me, Leanne, if you couldn't tell, and let's have May get right into it. Christian Edward Johnston Horner was born the 16th of November, 1973, in Leamington Spa, Warwickshire, England. Horner was born into a family that was already involved in the car industry, and his grandfather worked as a purchasing manager at the Standard Motor Company in Coventry before establishing an agency with his son, who was Christian's father, to supply components to motor manufacturers in the Midlands. Horner was privately educated at Arnold Lodge School in Leamington Spa and then at Warwick School. He also has two brothers named Jamie and Guy. And now we are going to get into the racing career of Christian. Yeah, so Christian started karting at the age of 13. And while I couldn't find much on some of his achievements um, of the karting career, I did lead it did lead him on to Formula Reynolds shortly after. But I will say Christian had two brothers, like Meg mentioned, and because of that, his parents told him that if he wanted to go into racing, he would have to find the money himself to do so. That led him to push him to not only be better, but to do better. And after leaving school, he became a full-time racer, promising to return to education if he was not successful. Yeah, as Hannah mentioned, Horner kicked off his racing journey in go-karts, but things really took off when he snagged a Formula Renault scholarship in 1991. There goes the money. That set him up for the 1992 British Formula Renault Championship with Manor Motorsport, where he not only finished the season as a race winner, but also nabbed the top spot among all rookies. The following year, in 1993, he stepped up to British Formula 3, clinching the second spot in the Class B Championship with P1 Motorsport and racking up five victories. His journey continued with stints at Fortec, ADR, and Tom's teams in 1994, 1995, and 1996, respectively. Oh, and in 1996, he even dipped his toes into British Formula 2, but more from that, more, but more on that for Meg. So, like Hannah mentioned with Christian's carding days, the information that I was able to find about Christian in British Formula 2 was slim to none, other than he did it during 1996, like Ido mentioned, and the stint was very short-lived, only a year, as he was starting to realize that the actual racing itself was not for him but he wanted to manage a team, and that was more his speed.
I'm sorry, guys. I choked on my own spit. <clears throat> yes, I know. That's pretty disgusting. Anyways. In 1997, Christian moved up to Formula 3000, racing with Arden. And according to Christian, he set the team up with borrowed money, including a loan from his father, and persuaded P1 Motorsport founder Wally Vincini, sorry if I said that wrong, to take on the role of his race engineer. He bought a second-hand trailer for the team from Helmut Marco, who was head of the Red Bull junior team, was also one of Horner's main rivals as a manager in F3000 back then. Kind of ironic. And with whom, funny enough, he would later work closely with at Red Bull. He stayed in F3000 in 1998 and was joined by Arden by Kurt Mullikens, who showed good pace and led the championship at one stage. During a preseason test at... Sorry, I heard a car. That was pretty loud. During a preseason test at Estroli, Christian followed Juan Pablo Montoya, through the circuit's high-speed first corner and realized he was not capable of replicating the level of commitment shown by the Colombian driver. And as a result, he decided to take a step back from driving altogether at the conclusion of the season in order to focus solely on developing the Arden team from a management role only. So after hanging up his racing helmet at just 25, Horner brought in Victor Maslov and Mark Grossenens for the 1999 season in F3000. Interesting twist, though. Dave Richards, Dave Richards's Pro Drive organization snagged a 50% stake in Arden thanks to a deal with Russian oil company Luke Oil, whose big wig was Maslow's dad. But after that season, Horner brought back but after that season, Horner bought back that stake. Can someone say nepotism, please? Then in 2000, Darren Manning stepped in for Grossenens, pulling off one pole and two podium finishes. Arden also rocked the Italian F3000 series that year, bagging three wins and a second place finish in the championship with Warren Hughes. Come 2002, New Blood came in with Domash Enge and Bjorn Windheim kicking Manning and Maslov to the curb. Enge nailed four victories, Windhelm got one, and they clinched the team championship. But sadly, Enge's drug test hiccup cost him the driver's title, handing it to Sebastian Bourdet. While Windhelm stayed for 2003, Townsend 
Fell joined, and Windham snagged the title with Arden, holding on to that team championship too. In 2004, Arden owned the F3000 scene again, with Vitaliano Luzzi dominating, backed up by Robert Dornbos. They secured both the driver and constructors championship with ease. Around that time, though, Horner was eyeing a Formula One move. Talks with Eddie Jordan about buying Jordan GP fell through, but in November of 2004, Red Bull swooped in buying Jaguar F1 team. Horner took the reins in January of 2005, becoming the youngest team principal at the time. Despite the short notice, though, um, the team lined up with drivers David Coulthard and Christian Klein. And they made a solid start under Christian's guidance, scoring 34 points compared to Jaguars nine the previous season. Plus, he played a big part in bringing on board Adrian Newey as the chief technical officer in November of that year. Quite the journey, and it's only going to continue. Now, 2006 was a transitional year for him. By the time Newey started working at Red Bull in February of 2006, officially, that year's car, the RB2, had already been designed, and the team switched from Cosworth to custom Ferrari engines, which ended up overheating and were unreliable. However, the team did take its first podium finish at the Monaco Grand Prix, which kind of ironic, where Horner jumped into a swimming pool wearing nothing but a Superman cape to celebrate. We have all seen that picture. It will always be there out in that world. Now, 2007 brought the RB3, the team's first Adrian Newey designed car, the new rival to Mark Webber and the Reynolds engines. However, the team continued to suffer from problems with reliability. With the cars enduring 14 retirements total and only scoring a single podium that year, while the team dropped down to 7th in the Constructors' Championship the following year. So, by 2009, the team was able to capitalize on some major role changes in the sport and received their maiden win and the first 1-2 finish at the Chinese Grand Prix. The team finished a strong second season in the 2009... I'm going to re-say that. The team finished a strong... The team finished a strong second in the 2009 Constructors' Championship with drivers Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber, finishing second and fourth respectfully in the drivers' title races and taking six wins between them both and 15 podiums total. 
In 2010, the team won their first Constructors Championship with only one race to spare in the season. And Sebastian Vettel won the Drivers' Championship at the final race of the season, becoming the youngest world champion. Only nine days shy of his 36th birthday, Christian was the second youngest team principal to win a Formula One Constructors' Championship. Colin Chapman being the youngest after the 1963 Constructors' Championship at the age 34. In 2011, the team won their second Constructors' Championship with three races to spare in the season, with Sebastian Vettel becoming the world's youngest double champion. In 2012, the team won their third Constructors' Championship with one race to spare as well. Mind blown, they were dominating. And again, Vettel became the world's youngest triple world champion. And yes, for all my current people out there, Sebastian was 23 at the time, while current F1 driver Max was 24 when he won his first. In Christian's time with Red Bull, they had a remarkable eight titles 47 wins in its first eight years of even existing. Christian's achievements in winning four. What's that? Hold on. Can you, unless I'm wrong, can you re-say that? Because in Christian's time with Red Bull, they had, you should, I, it sounds like he's no longer with them. Is oh, that? I'll say that. Yeah. This time period. Yes. Because it, it okay. sound, it when you just say it, it sounds like it's like he's done with Red Bull. So unless we have an announcement, let's redo that. Also, while we're at it, I'm going to go back and re-say yes from the Sebastian thing. Because I want to say I said 32 instead of 23. Okay. And I want to make sure I got that right. And yes, for all my current people out there, Sebastian was 23 at this time, while current F1 driver Max was 24 when he won his first Constructors' Championship. And while in Christian's time at Red Bull during this time period, he had a remarkable eight titles and 47 wins. It's the first eight and 47 wins in its first eight years of even existing. Now, Christian's achievements in winning four consecutive double titles was recognized in 2013 when he was awarded an OBE by Queen Elizabeth II herself. Just wow. Now, an OBE award. Now, the OBE award is the officer of the Order of the British Empire Award, and is, well, one of the most distinguished achievements out there. And Christian became the second member of Rebel to even receive an OBE in its lifetime. Following in the footsteps of Chief Technical Officer Adrian Newey himself, who was awarded the honor the previous year in 2012 at the New Year's Honors.
while 2013 onwards didn't see as big of a success as the previous years under Horner's leadership, there were still some notable there were still some notable achievements, so let's break it down. In 2013, in 2013, the team faced the challenge of adapting to new regulations introduced that season. Despite those changes, though, Red Bull Racing under Horner's leadership showcased a resilience and a competitive spirit. Sebastian Vettel, driving for the team, secured 13 victories and still was able to dominate the championship, earning Red Bull Racing their fourth consecutive Constructors' Championship. Though the subsequent years saw varying degrees of success for the team, in 2014, the introduction of hybrid power units marked a shift in the competitive landscape, and Red Bull faced increased competition from Mercedes. Nonetheless, the team continued to secure podium finishes and remained a formidable contender. The 2016 season brought a change in dynamics as Max joined the team, making history as the youngest race winner in Formula One at the Spanish Grand Prix this year. And for those that haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It is an insane race. Red Bull Racing maintained its reputation for nurturing young talent under Horner's leadership. Throughout Horner's tenure, Red Bull remained a competitive force with drivers like Daniel Ricciardo contributing to podium finishes and men- contributing to podium finishes and memorable race victories. Challenges persisted though, particularly in keeping up with Challenges persisted, though, particularly in keeping up with the pace set by dominant teams like Mercedes. But the team continued to evolve and adapt beautifully. In 2019, um, in 2019, Red Bull Racing made a strategic. Sh- In 2019, Red Bull made a strategic switch to Honda power units, a move that provided pivotal in Jesus guys. A move that proved pivotal in their performance. Max Verstappen in particular showcased impressive skills and consistency, securing victories and challenging the established order. By 2020, Red Bull, still led by Christian, continued to be a force in Formula One with a renewed focus on challenging for both drivers and constructors' championships. The years under Horner's guidance were marked by a mix of triumph, challenges, and a commitment to push the boundaries and performances of the most competitive sport in the world. And Honestly, it only continues, but Meg will tell us more about that. The race back towards Constructors and Drivers Championship titles was stopped at the start of 2020 due to the 
What? Is it doing it? Is my mic doing it? Is that why you're laughing? Oh, oh, sorry, you were laughing and I thought my mic was doing its thing that it normally does. Okay. And she was laughing at herself. Don't pay attention to her. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know, because Hannah knows while you were in whatever you, where you were, my mic was being a little shithead. So good to you know were, you cared to know where I was, bitch. You were in you were in Fiji. I knew you were in Fiji. Mm. I just didn't say it. You were in Fiji filming the Love Island games. Mm. You were in Fiji. I know okay. that. I know you mm. were in Fiji. Okay. I was gonna <laughs> give you a bag, but now I don't think about it anymore. A bag? What do you mean a bag? Yeah, I might have a fucking McLaren bag for you, but I don't think I'm going to give it to you now. Do not. No. Hey, I knew where you were. I knew where you were. I knew you were in Fiji. I just didn't say it at first. I I didn't know if that was information that was allowed to be. Hannah. I thought Hannah was going to grab hers. Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if that. I didn't know if that was information that was allowed to be shared. Oh, so you also don't look at my Instagram. Got it. Got it. Got it. No, no. I see your stories all the time of flashbacks to Fiji. Or my Instagram you don't like. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. What do you mean? I I try to like all of them. Oh, look at that. Look at that. If only Meg could get one of these. If only Meg could have one of these. I don't know. And also also Meg. If only I had one in this apartment for Meg right now, or this house. And also, Meg, if she, if it was info that couldn't be shared, Chelsea would just cut it out. You have no excuse. I knew she was in Fiji. I swear to God, I knew she was in Fiji. Okay, I was. I promise. Because I was eating snowman cookies with milk, and um, I was laughing at myself. Okay. Exactly what I said. She was laughing at herself. Exactly what I fucking said. Let's get back to this episode, guys. Sorry. Okay. The race back towards constructors and drivers championship titles was halted at the start of 2020 due to everyone's favorite thing in the world. I'm just kidding. I'm being very sarcastic. The COVID-19 pandemic. The Formula One season would be put on hold until July, but the Red Bull factory did not stop. I actually didn't know this fact until doing research for this episode, but in response to the pandemic, Red Bull joined a coalition of F1 outfits for this project called Project Pit Lane, which was an initiative to design, develop, and build the Blue Sky Ventilator. The increasing intensity of the pandemic caused the project to unfortunately stop and end early, but the UK government identified that the ventilator was a potentially important thing in the fight against COVID-19. So I thought that was pretty cool that Red Bull had a hand in something like that. But the season eventually got underway in July, and the RV-16 brought the team two wins and 13 podiums, but it was to be the following year that took the team back to the top. At the end of an epic and controversial 2021 season and campaign, Max Verstappen secured his first Drivers' Championship title and Red Bull added another 
11 wins and 23 podiums to its tally of wins and podiums. Also, in 2021, Christian led the team as it began its journey to be a fully autonomous, independent team by matching chassis design with its own power unit design and production facility. There, the Red Bull powertrains were born. Another new challenge awaited in 2022 as the sport ushered in the largest changes to regulations that we have seen in over four decades. However, like Hannah mentioned about the year in 2009, team made the most of the aerodynamic and chassis changes and the RB18 entered 2022 as a true contender. Evolving throughout the season via a focused program of upgrades, the RB18 proved to be a truly dominant car in the second half of the season. Max Verstappen secured his second Drivers World Championship title with four races still left to go in the season, and he won this at the Japanese Grand Prix. And Red Bull took its fifth Constructors title and its first in nine years at the following race, the United States Grand Prix, or as we know it, CODA. Increasing success on track is now being mirrored by massive expansion at the Red Bull Technology Campus, and under Christian's leadership, a new era is underway. Now, we all know how this season, 2023, has gone for Red Bull. It has been complete and utter domination with the RB19. Adrian Newey designed a masterpiece with that car, and Christian has managed to lead the team to another Constructors' Championship, and Max won his third Drivers' Championship. And after the Las Vegas GP, Checo claimed second in the Drivers' Championship, which is the first time that Red Bull has managed to secure a 1-2 in the Drivers' Championship in a long time. And on top of that, Max and the team have broken so many records of Red Bull, but also legends of the sport like Schumacher, Lewis, Seb. It's just crazy, honestly, what they've been able to do this season. And I'm curious to see what comes for the seasons in the future and what else they can break records for and set new ones for. Now that wraps up Christian's time with Red Bull so far and on to his personal life. Yeah, so let me give you a quick rundown of everything before we start talking. So Horner's first spouse was Beverly Allen, and they welcomed a daughter named Olivia in 2013. However, the, co- however, the couple eventually divorced. Soon thereafter, though, Horner remarried Gary Halliwell, a.k.a. Ginger Spice, who adopted Jerry, Jerry Hollow restart that. She's per- it's Jerry. Sure. Soon thereafter, Horner remarried to Jerry Halliwell, also known as Ginger Spice, who adopted De Horner 
surname. The couple share son named Montague, and Horner serves as a stepfather to Jerry's daughter, Bluebell Madonna, from her previous relationship. Currently, they reside in Oxfordshire, and they live in a country house with expansive land and, as can be glimpsed in Drive to Survive, their home boasts various amenities, including an indoor swimming pool, staples, and even tractors. The couple tends to collect animals, including donkeys and chickens. And in general, Jerry is just a very supportive spouse. She can be seen at racetracks all over the world supporting her husband. Yeah, I'm going to be honest real quick. Um, the only reason I originally cared about Christian Horner is because of his wife. So, uh, Christian, sorry about it, bud. But uh, Jerry's the only thing that matters to me in this world. And that is the sole purpose for topic four right now is so I can say how much I love Ginger Spice. So I just wanted to give that a little shout out because she is my lifeline to everything. All right, pause real quick. Charles, hi. Um, we're at 29 minutes. We bullshitted that will get cut probably like five minutes. Um, so we can feel free to talk about um, Christian and Red Bull about this season, about what could happen next season. Um, but I would like about 15 more minutes. Um, so, yes, please and thank you. Okay, Hannah can't hear us anymore. You're muted, Meg. So you could try that again, not muted. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I raised my hand to say something. I thought of something. Oh. oh, okay. So Hannah, shake your head if you can hear me. There we go. All right, I'm going to go mute again, but Meg, do a little blah, da, 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 da. I said how much I love Ginger, so jump in and lead in from that speaking of ginger spice one of the things that i love about her and christian well more specifically her is that she has her own horse racing team and i think that's pretty cool as someone who grew up riding horses i love it and i love how christian is so involved in that and so supportive of jerry and that i just it makes me so happy. I remember when I watched, um, when I watched Drive Survive, I literally was like, oh, Jerry's in it. Cool. I'll start watching that. So that's where my stand is. I've always wondered if jerry kind of like whispers into christian horner's ears and like gives him pointers and like tells him how to like be a team principal um because we all know she's at like a lot of races and this woman dominates i mean she's a force to be reckoned with so why not give some pointers i don't think she gives pointers about that i think she reminds him to be a father figure <laughs> I think she reminds him of the family aspect of it because she's basically the mom on track for anybody that needs it. 
I think it was Silverstone this year where she was on um, stage with Christian Horner and she was like telling them like secretly like Toto and Christian are actually like friends and like he comes on and he says the you know the iconic saying that I'm not going to say um and then as Leah's giving me this look (laughs) and um just like made us remember that like hey what we all don't see on tv or what we see on tv is like maybe not like totally factual our reality tv experts like dull um and yeah i mean we love we love jerry Definitely agree. And I also agree with the statement that she is the mom to whoever needs it. I mean, her interactions with Max and her, I just remember, I can't remember which race, but I think it was Coda, but correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, she He was on the podium as usual, and she was just standing underneath it, holding up her phone, like filming him. And just also giving him a thumbs up and having the hugest grin on her face. And I was just like, that's a proud mom. And I just loved it. It just endeared her once again into my heart. And I already loved her from her Spice Girl days. So go, go Gary. Hold on. You said, you said Gary instead of Jerry. Go Gary! <laughs> so maybe just mix Go it Gary! Go oh, Gary! <laughs> because it's spelled with a G, people. Hey. Okay. English doesn't make sense. So, go Jerry. Thanks for the standing ovation, guys. We're here for it. We got you. <laughs> but no, it's it's what Ito said. I it is Coda, um, one, and then two. You know, I think not only is Christian but Jerry, um, are like a father and a mother figure to him in some way. Does that make sense? And I think they're very supportive of their drivers as a whole to like be the best version of themselves. Chelsea, don't have to put this in. <laughs> but Hannah, wouldn't you guys feel that they're the mother and father? I, literally, the last fucking five minutes of our conversation was about them being the mother and father. So yeah, Hannah, I simply all agree. <laughs> Oh my god, Anna. We're just going in circles at this point. I mean, guys, I just feel like... Oh, hi, Aria. I'm so sorry. And with that, guys... Oh my god. I can't. This episode's done. Well, yeah, let's just, you know what, guys, pre out, let his quote go ahead, Hannah. Not the one that we always say. 
change your fucking car. It said that. <laughs> it's done. I'm sorry. I We're had done. To. We're done. Yeah, just put Leanne out of her misery. It's hard when everybody's... <sighs> Stop staring at me like that, okay? And with that, we're going to probably do one of my favorite parts... y'all why do y'all do this to me and with that we're gonna probably do one of my favorites part Ooh. and with that we're gonna go ahead and move on to probably my favorite part of the episode the pre-outro and today we have a principal quote from none other than christian horner himself so he once said that the higher you rise the sharper the knives that the best way to become unpopular is to win and what has he done since win and or dominate i did it win or dominate <clears throat> That wraps up. Stop fucking it. Guys, you're right aware now. that we're filming, right? No, but holy shit, the rain is so loud. I also just want to remind you who edits the video? Me. Good. You're good. Edit this. Bitch. <laughs> All right. So uh, the dog's in here with a squeaker. Let me know if you hear it. Um, um, that wraps up today's episode. Let's be real. Everyone knows my favorite thing about Christian Horner now. And we just talked about her for the last five minutes, maybe. Depends on how Chelsea's edited it. Thanks, Chelsea. But I want to know your favorite thing that you learned from this episode. <laughs> So much with my whole heart, but can you give me five seconds? Go play with it up there. I love you so much. You're so cute. I'm gonna restart this outro. She's pissed. Okay. That wraps up today's episode. Let's be real. Everyone knows my favorite thing about Christian Horner is his wife, Jerry. And we just talked about her for probably maybe five minutes. Who knows? But I want to know your favorite thing that you learned from this episode. Or... <laughs> One second, please. Let me get through it. Or if there's something we might have missed. Let us know on our socials. Everywhere we are at Paddock Girls Podcast, except Twitter, there you can find us at Paddock Girls Pod. Thank you all for joining us in the paddock today. 
I cannot believe we have one race left of the season. And we'll see you on Wednesday where we chat all about the race weekend in Abu Dhabi. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hi, hi, I love you, but you got very, very ro- robotic where you said where? see you on Wednesday. Oh, okay, easy. Mute, okay. See you on Wednesday where we chat all about the race weekend in Abu Dhabi. Bye-bye. Have a good one, guys. Peace out. Bye. Adios, amigos. She's now stopped playing.